Greetings once again. Welcome to the Deep Dive Lyrics Podcast. This is Joel Crow. And if I sound a little bit different today, that is probably because I've been a tad under the weather this week. It's also why this episode is going to be coming out a little bit later than I would like. But that's the way it goes sometimes when you get sickly. And uh, But I'm very excited to share a song with you today. Um, this is a podcast, by the way, if you haven't listened before. Thank you for tuning in. This is a podcast where I'm going to share a song with you that I think has something to say that people who hear it don't necessarily always get it the, the first time or the second time or the third time. So some of these songs have some meanings that I, I think get totally lost in the mix and people just love the music, which is okay. You know, it's fine to love music, but I, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, probably many times if you have words to something those words should probably mean something should probably be important probably shouldn't just be running your mouth for no reason if you do if you do that then you should go into politics or something like that uh anyway the song that i'm going to be sharing with you today is called everybody wants to rule the world by tears for fears your favorite band from the 80s at least if you're matt teeson then your favorite band will always be Tears for Fears. Uh, and if you're not, then it's... Uh, honestly, I haven't listened to very much Tears for Fears, uh, but I am a fan of this song. I've, I'm not a big fan of the 80s. Gotta, gotta just come right out and say that. Uh, 80s, kind of a questionable time for music, for clothing style, for hair. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit at the end of here at the end of this podcast about the video for this song, the music video. Uh, it, if you haven't seen it, it's worth taking a look at. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll kind of talk about that just a tiny teensy bit at the end. But in the meantime, Tears for Fears is a band that is just so classically of the 80s that you couldn't hardly imagine it being anything else. It's got the hair, it's got the style. And uh, it's got that that singing style that I think was kind of um, created almost by Elvis, which is kind of odd, but it really came into its own in the 80s where you're kind of singing with your lips jutting out as much as possible, like, like your lips are trying to escape from your face. And that, that allows you to enunciate every word in a very unusual, particular, very 80s fashion. Um, but none of that is particularly conducive, I suppose, to the meaning of the song. So what I'm going to go ahead and do is play the song for you, my own little version of it. And then we'll talk about well, we'll talk about our initial impressions about the song, any questions that arise immediately to the mind. And then we will also um, just go through it line by line and talk about what we think it means. I, something I've said before on this podcast is that there may not be a right answer, but there are wrong answers. And I find a lot of wrong answers surrounding the talk in this song because people will say, it's about such and such, it's about environmentalism, it's about the Cold War. Honestly, if I think, if you think that this song is about the Cold War, then it's only because you heard one line and you internalized it and you blocked out the rest of the song. I mean, you can relate the song to the Cold War. You can relate the song to environmentalism. Uh, 
but it's not a song about those things just because, well, anyway, maybe we should just go ahead and get into it. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about how this song can kind of relate to those other things, but here is the song, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by the band Tears for Fears. time thinking to yourself now Joel we know what the 
meaning is behind this song. In fact, it's quite simple. It's right there in the title. It's just that everybody wants to rule the world, right? That's what this song means. And to that, I might say, yep, you're right. Well, I guess this was a short episode. So long, everybody. <laughs> um, but no, uh, there's maybe a little bit more to it than that. I mean, I, I think the most important question to ask ourselves as we start to process this song is, to what degree is it true of you, of me, of you know, our neighbors, of the leaders that we have over us? Um, how, how true is it that we want to rule the world, that everybody wants to rule the world? I don't think that everyone, and I don't think that hardly anyone, thinks of themselves as as the next, obviously not Hitler or Mao or Stalin or, you know, any of the classic historical figures that we know about who have, you know, Kim Jong-un, people who insist on controlling every aspect of a person's life or of many people's lives. People who are willing to let others suffer and die in order to maintain that power. Obviously, None of us see ourselves that way, but, but to what degree is it true that we want to rule the world, that we want to assert our values into other people's lives? I think that this song talks about that stuff quite a bit and, and brings into it pretty deep elements that it's, this isn't surface level. It's not, <laughs> I think that if, if the 80s has a connotation of not always being the most um, subtle, uh, <laughs> this song breaks the mold on that. And honestly, anyone can call anyone else shallow and think that they know what's going on. But um, there really is something else going on in this song. So let's, let's see if I can convince you of that. You don't sound convinced yet, whoever you are on the other side of this microphone. Let's go ahead and start our deep dive here. So. Welcome to your life. There's no turning back. Okay, so what we get out of this song in the first line is that somebody else is presenting you with your life. Welcome to your life. Here it is, and I'm handing it to you, and there's no turning back. You're, you're not able to go and redo something. You're not able to change something around. Basically, as I see it, what's happening in the first line of this song is someone is presenting a life to somebody else and saying, here you go, standard issue. This is what everyone gets. This is just how the cookie crumbles, and uh, here you go. And then uh, the next line, uh, even while we sleep, we will find you acting on your best behavior, turn your back on Mother Nature, everybody wants to rule the world. This first verse, I think, has, I don't know, for me, it has a strong connection to the book 1984 um, you know as we talk about that next line even while we sleep we'll find you acting on your best behavior um, if you haven't read 1984 it's a book by 
uh, George Orwell, a very famous book that was written in the 1940s um, about a potential future where things would be incredibly authoritarian and uh, and the the great horror of it all was not that the people in control could literally watch you every moment of every day the the horror of it all was that you could never know whether they were watching or not they had they had the potential to be watching you all the time but but they wouldn't necessarily always be but because of the way it was all set up they they could sleep basically right it, and that's why it that's why the song is reminding me of it um, even while we sleep the we in the in the first verse of this song being these authoritarian figures these people who have ordered everything who have presented your life to you and said here you go you don't have a choice take it um, they're also saying even while we sleep you're going to be obeying us you're going to be on your best behavior which is a great way to, to say it and at the same time turning your back on mother nature right it's um, so so you're being obedient to us even to the level that you're going to be denying yourself you're going to be denying what what's natural for you to pursue um, because it doesn't always serve us for you to have certain hungers or desires or ideas and so in order for us to maintain control over you you have to you have to be on your best behavior you, you don't know when we're sleeping you don't know when we're watching so that even when we do sleep we rest in the full confidence that you are being a good little soldier and um, you're doing what you're supposed to do even if it goes against what it's in your nature to do. Everybody wants to rule the world, right? Once again, nobody sees themselves that way. So why why does it say everybody? Well, kind of the the subtle idea behind it all is that if left unchecked and if given power, we do eventually develop this complex this this idea that no um, deviation will be tolerated that uh, that nobody should be allowed to deny our perfect system you know my perfect system or your perfect system um, so that's the first verse each each verse of this song is fairly short and I don't know if you could even say that this that this uh, song even has a chorus, unless you're just saying it's you know everybody wants to rule the world is the chorus. But anyway, uh, then we go on into the second verse here, where the tone of the words at least change quite a bit. Uh, he says, "It's my own desire." It's my own remorse. Help me to decide. So, those first two lines, it's my own desire, it's my own remorse. Now, we have gone away from that first verse quite a bit. That first verse painted a world in which there was 
authoritarian 1984 kind of conditions where everyone was being watched, everyone was, you know, threatened with uh, punishment if they should be insubordinate. But now, I think that the second verse kind of brings us into the world kind of as the present as we know it. And it's a world of stark individualism. In fact, you know, I, I think the song was somewhat forward-looking. Um, I'm sure it was true in the 80s, but it's even more true now that we have this stark individualism where we say to ourselves every moment of every day, this is my own life. These are my own desires, and it's my own remorse that comes from the decisions that I've made. Um, and there's something kind of beautiful in the fact that it is said so generally um, because he's not I don't know it, you know it's really interesting there's this part of me that almost wants to call it lazy because he's not putting together a really specific continuous idea but he's making it so general and yet it really works um, when when you start thinking about it you can think about it in a multiple multiplicity of ways Um so we are all beset by our desires, right? These are our own desires, and then it's our own remorse. And, but that remorse can relate to whether we gave in to those desires or whether we crushed those desires and refused to give in to them and tried to go a different way because we didn't like those desires. But either way, uh, in, in either case, we're going to end up with some kind of remorse, and that can leave you in a world that is incredibly lonely. And that's why, that's what brings us to the next part of the verse. He says, help me to decide, help me make the most of freedom and of pleasure. Nothing ever lasts forever. Everybody wants to rule the world. So this is, this could not be farther from the first verse, really, in a lot of ways. This is somebody who is alone in their own decision-making process and they are saying they're begging allow me to look to you for some kind of advice for some kind of direction i've got to go outside of myself and find companionship find some uh fellowship find something that that i can trust to because i don't want to be all alone with my desires and my remorse at the end of the day. Um, so this is someone who is begging for help, um, who is, is begging for the chance to be submissive, to submit, to submit himself to something bigger than himself, which is the kind of thinking, this might be a little bit of a tangent, but not too much. Um, it's almost that kind of thinking, man, we're, we're getting... We're getting two opposites of the situation because in the in the first verse we're talking about an authoritative world, an authoritarian world, I should say, where that kind of world is built on the thinking that we that that the whole is bigger than the one, that uh, that the community, that the nation, that the people are more important than the individualism. I guess that's what I want to say. It's uh, 
And of course, 1984, it was very much targeted toward communism and socialism. Um, it's all the idea, you know, even Hitler, you probably are aware that Nazi means national socialism. All, all it is is the crushing of the individual. All it is is saying, we need to do these things. It will be better for everyone, for you to give up everything. So that's the first verse, all right? The first verse is a world that has been built on the lie that you as the individual need to give up everything in order to allow the group, the community, the nation to thrive. It's not so with the second verse. The second verse is pointed directly at the opposite lie, which is equally devastating. That is the lie of stark individualism. It is the lie that you you have to just go at it with your own desires and your own remorse. You got to live with the bed that you've made, you know, lie in the bed that you've made. And uh, and that, that doesn't work either. It's really pretty brilliant how this song um, addresses both sides of the situation. And, uh, and then we go into what I guess you'd call the bridge. Uh, so he says, there's a room where the light won't find you, holding hands while the walls come crumbling down. Or I guess it's tumbling down. Pretty similar. Uh, <laughs> um, so I've thought a lot about these. I think that um, these lines are maybe a little bit more open to interpretation. I mean, obviously the whole song to some degree is open to interpretation. By the way, if you disagree with me about any of this, absolutely write me an email me and write me a comment. Um, the email is deepdivelyrics.crow at gmail.com. So write me and tell me how wrong I am. And uh, I appreciate that very much. Um, but anyway, I think that this uh, bridge here is maybe even more open to interpretation than what I've already gone through. I Honestly, I feel very confident in my own analysis of those first two verses there. But when it comes to here, I'm not as confident that I know what it means, that there's a room where the light won't find you. I'll say this. Uh, the, the bridge here has a feel in the music of optimism, of, um, you know, it's, 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 um, it's going up into, um, to, to put it simply and in musical theory terms, um, these are just major chords, right? These are the three major chords in any key. We're looking at the four chord, the one chord, the five chord, the four chord, the one chord, and the five chord. Those are the major chords. And major chords generally denote a, a happiness, a relief, uh, um, you know, something positive. So it's a good thing that there's a room where the light won't find you. I guess I would relate this, ver this line to that first verse where we're kind of looking at that first verse in that world that was built, the authoritarian world, and it's saying that the light is a bad thing. The light is a thing that tries to seek you out, to hold you responsible to the community. But there is a room, there is a place where you can find relief where that light won't find you, where they won't be able to control you, where they won't be able to, um, to, to force their, um, their values and their <clears throat> ideas upon you. Um, 
And then, so anyway, the, the next line, there's, um, we're holding hands as the walls come tumbling down. When they do, I'll be right behind you. Now, wall, in particularly right now, and as it relates to politics, it has a very particular connotation. <laughs> um, generally a very negative connotation. Yeah, it depends on who you are. I guess, anyway, trying not to <laughs> get into the actual politics of it. I'm, I'm just saying people feel strongly. And if that song, if this song were written today and we were talking about a wall, it would pretty clearly be um, a reference to something. And, and it could be a reference to something. Um, we could be, and people, this is why people can say that it's, uh, about the Cold War sometimes is they think we're talking about the Berlin Wall. And that, you know, that it can relate to that. Um, frankly, I don't see enough context about anything having to do with the Berlin Wall or the Cold War for for that to make a whole lot of sense. But all, all that I get out of it is that a wall is something that is meant... It's really not meant to do anything except to be there and to be firm and to be sure and to stand. It's not meant to do anything other than stand. And it's supposed to be secure and concrete. It's supposed to endure no matter what. But in this song, in this line of the song, we are saying we're holding hands as those walls come tumbling down. When they do, I'll be right behind you. So all it means, I think, in the context of this song is that there is something, and you know, it could be a collection of things, that we put all our trust in, that we thought were going to endure, that we thought were just you know, self-evident truths or um, you know, something, that, something that we just trusted in, but now it's tumbling down, it's crumbling. And, and when it does, when everything that we thought was firm, when everything that we hoped in goes down the tubes then I'll be right behind you you know I've got your back is, is the idea here and then we've got a couple more lines that are probably a little more open to interpretation but I'll, I'll let you know what I get out of them anyway um, he says it's uh, we're so glad we almost made it it's so sad they had to fade it Everybody wants to rule the world. Let me look in my notes what I actually said about these because I kind of forget. It's, um, do to do. So, so we're glad that we almost made it. Oh, here we go. Yeah, it's like there's, there's some comfort. So there's some comfort that something is ending but then something also is going to begin that's what I'd say so the wall is, is tumbling down but there's comfort because you know, you know maybe maybe you actually didn't like that wall maybe um, you know you were in a society and that wall was blocking you out from something that you deeply desired and needed and now you're glad that we've almost made it. Or it could almost just be a sense of relief that um, a time of turmoil is coming to an end, right? The, so the, the time of the turmoil of the Berlin Wall, for instance, as it was uh, tumbling down. 
um, there's some relief, even if there if there has been war, if there has been strife, then we're glad that we've almost made it. And then it says, so sad they had to fade it. That can't uh, mean. I'm sorry. I, that that to me uh, has to kind of bring to mind the idea of like a movie. It's a it's a movie scene that fades away, and it's just so sad. And it could be, all right, here, here's my interpretation. I think there's many ways you could go with this one, but here's the one that I'm going to present to you, is that the they in this line is still that authoritarian mindset people, the, the ones who have been in charge, but now their wall is crumbling down. And they are fading it because they put all their hope and all their desire and all of their values in this wall that's that's now tumbling down. And to them, it's very sad, and so they've had to fade it. And it's almost like saying, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it's like asking yourself, who writes the history books, you know? Because we can view things in different ways. You can be the one who's glad that this wall is coming down, Again, we're not talking about the wall in modern political uh, debate. Um, we're, we're talking about a rhetorical wall, you could say, or a metaphorical wall anyway. Um, but, but the wall that you like to see coming down, somebody else, is, it's the thing that they've built their lives on, that they trusted would always be there, and now they're fading it to black, and, and making it a sad scene at the end of a movie where they're saying, you know, it's so sad that um, this is coming to an end. Uh, it's, it reminds me of the song American Pie by Don McLean, which is obviously not this song, but it's one I want to do eventually. Um, so anyway, I guess that wasn't very helpful to say, but I said it, and I don't regret it. Uh, anyway, and then uh, he goes on to say, "Say that you'll you'll uh, oops. say that you'll never, never, never need it." One headline: Why believe it? Everybody wants to rule the world. I guess the thing that he's the the person in the song is begging the begging his friend, begging the other one, you know, the, the person that he's looking to and saying, you know, I'll be behind you. Let's, let's work this out together. He's saying, you know, say that you'll never need it. So the, the it must be, I think, um, that desire, that authority, authoritarian desire to control another's life, to, to put your values on somebody else and force them to live the way you think that they should live. He's saying, you know, don't, be caught up in that. Say that you'll never need that. And then one he headline, why believe it? That's a question mark at the end of that line. One headline, why believe it? I think this is probably going to the idea of, again, it, it sounds more uh, relevant to today's world, but I think it absolutely was something they were already dealing with in the 80s. But we're talking about potentially, I think, fake news, right? It's the idea that you have one headline and you've got your confirmation bias that makes you want to believe whatever it is that that headline is saying. But 
why should you believe it? Why why don't you? Don't you see that there is another side to this story in any battle, in any, any political struggle, and <clears throat> obviously in some more than others. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that it's right for anyone to be a, a Nazi sympathizer or anything like that, but I am saying that it, these kinds of struggles are incredibly complicated, and you can have a variety of opinions on many things. Probably not so much on World War II. I think that was pretty clear-cut. But um, a lot of things, a lot of struggles and uh, things that happen in the world, a lot of controversial things that happen, we, we have our one headline that we want to believe. But why do you believe it? Well, because it agrees with the worldview that you've already built up around you. And that is because... You are just like me or just like everybody else. You want to rule the world. You want everyone to see it the way that you see it. You want everyone to believe the things that you believe. And let's see. We got a, a little bit left still here. The very last part is all for freedom and for pleasure. Nothing ever lasts forever. Everybody wants to rule the world, which of course is kind of a repeat line. It's kind of an allusion to uh, what we already said. Um, the, the original line was, you know, help me make the most of freedom and pleasure. Nothing ever lasts forever, which is, which is a great line uh, because it really feeds into this, you know, we want to kind of maximize our freedom and maximize our pleasure but at the same time, we have to realize that nothing lasts forever. We have to put that in the mix. How do we process those two things alongside? How do we make the most of freedom and pleasure at the same time realizing that those things that give us freedom, that give us pleasure, are coming to an end someday? They don't last forever. Um, all those things that we think give us freedom, that we think give us pleasure... It's not, I don't think it's trying to be, you know, a total downer. It's not trying to say, well, then you just should shun free, the idea of freedom and pleasure and you should just be miserable your whole life. Obviously, it doesn't mean that. It's just saying realize that nothing lasts forever and you've got to put your trust in something that, or, you know, you've got to find a way to process these things that is healthy even when you've realized that these things don't last forever, I guess. Um, and, and it's really only in that way that you can ma maximize the happiness that you get from freedom and from pleasure because if you engross yourself so much in this one thing that you think gives you freedom or that you think gives you pleasure and then it goes away, then you'll be utterly miserable on the other side, and you'll be—it'll um, <laughs> be so sad that you had to fade it, you know, basically, to uh, to make an allusion to another line early in the song. Anyway, that is basically the whole song that everybody wants to rule the world. And if you are someone, as I'm sure some of you are this way, who are thinking, "Well, I don't want to rule the world," I. I just want everyone to be able to do what they want. I am, I am freedom-loving and progressive and liberal, and I just want everyone to be happy. And, you know, 
I think that there may be a few people for whom that is really true, but if you're eager to say that about yourself, it's almost certainly not the case. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to think about, let's see, I, I wrote a list here to kind of help me talk about this. Uh, where are you? Oh, here we go. If you think that um, you have an idea how someone could better have their own uh, religious practice, uh, their speech, their sexual practices, their dietary practices, their clothing, their uh, general moral beliefs, um, even if you're someone who advocates for relativism, the idea that all ideas are equal, which is actually a paradoxical idea, by the way, because what you're saying is that there is no truth except for the one truth, which is that there's no truth. The, <laughs> the one truth that does exist is the truth that there's no truth. And that really doesn't work. And that leads to exactly the same kind of authoritarianism. All I'm doing at the end of this right here is to say, if you are someone who is super eager to say, no, I don't want to rule the world. I am so peace-loving and, and blah-de-blah-de-blah. <laughs> um, frankly, if, and especially if this inspires some kind of anger or resentment in you, it's certainly not true. <laughs> because even if you think that you are utterly freedom-loving, um, a lot of bad people have thought that they were freedom-loving as well and, and said constantly that they were fighting for freedom. And um, so I guess that's about where I'll leave that. Um, the best that we can do is just take an honest look at our lives and uh, ask ourselves, do we try to influence others and in how they live their lives and is it good that we do so? And and to look at the second verse of this song, I think it's obvious that it can be good, uh, especially if we are submitting to e each other, especially if we are saying to each other, help me, help me make the most of freedom, help me make the most of pleasure, and all of this in the realization that nothing lasts forever. Okay, so that will do it for the analysis of the song. If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening to the podcast it does mean the world to me that you would care about this fun little thing that I do. And, um, yeah, go ahead and share it with people if you feel inclined to do so. Uh, write a review for me on Apple Podcasts if you feel inclined to do so. Let me know how well I'm doing. I do have a few reviews up already that I'd like to share with you. Somebody named Joe Haley uh sent me a uh, or left me a little review here five stars which is more than I'd give myself for this uh, <laughs> he said uh, title of the review is pleasant podcast and he said I've really enjoyed all of these episodes he goes really in depth in each of these songs and does a great job intelligently communicating his opinions I love his covers and look forward to more episodes his voice is like fine brewed coffee You've got a subscriber now. Thanks for your insights. Well, thank you, Joe Haley, whoever that is, very much for your kind words, for your review, and for your rating. And then also there was 
a review written by somebody calling themselves the deepest diver, which uh, all <clears throat> it was another five star. So thank you for that. And all it says is, I want to float on a raft of Joel's voice. Whew. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, it is most encouraging. And then we've got another one, uh, five stars from Kathy Crow's card. So it's from my mom, which is great. Thank you so much, mom. What she said is, uh, good thoughts entertainingly said is the title of the review. And it says, Joel has gotten me to get to listen to and appreciate songs and artists I would never have listened to otherwise. He has a good sense of humor, too. Thank you. It's always good to find new songs, and I love your versions of them. Very enjoyable. Well, thank you very much. I can't say enough about how grateful I am that you uh, listen to this podcast. And, um, obviously, we have a, a lot to learn still and, and do, but... Um, I'd appreciate any suggestions, any song suggestions, or any suggestions as to how we could improve this podcast. In the meantime, go ahead and write me at uh, Deep Dive Lyrics at or deepdivelyrics.crow, C-R-O-W, at gmail.com. You can reach me there is the best way. Or else you, get, you could get to me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, any of the podcast uh platforms and uh yeah send me song suggestions or if you want to sit in this room and talk ab about a song that'd be awesome too or if you want to just argue with me that'd be just great and uh in the meantime thank you again um and uh hopefully next time we talk i'm gonna be feeling better and uh oh yeah i do have a song picked out it will be a song called Be Everything by a band called The Lonely Forest. So look forward to that. All right. Until then, have a great rest of the week and I'll talk to you soon.